Hello, everyone. Uh, this is our third podcast on managing your time and motivation to get results. Uh, this podcast number three, will uh, we will discuss the art of motivation, uh, managing emotions, feelings, and our monkey mind to maximize research impact and beyond. My name is Sonia Tomaszkowicz, and I work in research and development at the University of Cambridge. Uh, I have here a colleague and a friend, Natasha Wilson. She's a director and founder of Cambridge Insights. Uh, Natasha specializes in 21st century leadership skills and mindsets to support researchers to maximize their impact. Um, she designs and delivers workshops and programs uh, with a focus on leadership and innovation. So hello, Natasha. Thank you very much uh, for joining us today. Thank you, Sonia. I'm delighted to be back. Okay, so today we are going to look at the related topics uh, on motivation of motivation and how our emotions uh, and feelings can impact our uh, projects and beyond our projects life in general i guess uh, before we start could you please let us know what do you mean by monkey mind yes i love this expression so monkey mind is a combination of uh, your inner voice which i don't know sonia if your inner voice is busy but mine is always very busy it's like this kind of like critical voice, often quite <laughs> negative or, or busy, chatty, that tells me what I think, feel, or whatever, know. So it's thoughts, feelings, emotions. Um, it doesn't always help us. This, this inner voice sometimes can be quite negative. Um, but it's also another pattern of our mind. And I talked about monkey, because you can visualize the monkey jumping from like tree to tree. <laughs> um, it's like, for some reason, our mind loves distractions. So we will tend to be distracted quite quickly uh, and easily. And we might not call it distraction, but they are distractions. And the other thing as well is we tend to want to have joy and feeling quite happy and entertained. So again, like a monkey would want something fun. Uh, so we will this will have a huge impact on our time management, on how we feel, what we think is uh, a type of type of activity, the emotions related to those activities, and that has impact on our productivity and our concentration and our motivation. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. I never heard about the monkey mind phrase. I love it, actually. And I definitely have a monkey in my mind <laughs> and it's like distracting me all the time with different things and anything comes my way. Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to check that out. Um, no, that's really actually useful insight in, in what you mean by that. Um, so maybe kind of to relate this thing to, to motivation a little bit. So do, during a research project, we often go through different phases of motivation. Uh, we may start with a kind of high level of motivation and then kind of it fades a little bit as we encounter challenges or kind of some stumbling blocks. Um, how do we gain our motivation back? And I think that's quite important for researchers because we will always come across something that we you know, find difficult or, or maybe even unachievable. So how do we get this motivation back? What, what can we do to help ourselves? Yes, and that's something we hadn't quite covered yet. You know, in our previous podcast, we talked about time management challenges and then solutions to improve our productivity. But actually, motivation is really important. And it seems to be, uh, you know, the fact that it doesn't always stay and it fades away is a common pattern across disciplines and people even, you know, go into like outside academia who love their job. But there is an element of like fading motivation. So our mind often plays tricks on us by producing hundreds of thoughts a day, as I mentioned, and that serves us in terms of generating ideas and plans, but it can also stop us in our tracks, especially when we start thinking that the task at hand is either boring, difficult, impossible, challenging. 
So we get stuck into believing our negative or unhelpful thoughts and assumptions. So I wanted to maybe mention the work of Carol Dweck's uh, research that might help us fight this habit or work around that. And uh, our research is around changing our mindset uh, and our approach towards what we call a growth mindset. So that will help us develop new thinking patterns and beliefs, which kind of like act as a positive enablers and encourage us to look at the task, the activity differently and start, get started. So the idea is like when we encounter difficulties, we can step up and keep going. So her research is a lot around resilience and around trying to understand that there is a learning in everything and that we are actually, you know, find challenges when things are not going so well. When we feel that there are some difficulties, we can go through them and still keep going. So I think this kind of like mindset, you know, changes is really helpful in terms of helping us uh, changing our motivation and trying to kind of work around those blocks. We also need to remember that some activities and tasks rely on creative skills and problem solving skills. And this forces uh, us to accept a certain level of temporary discomfort, as I call it, you know, uh, before we find solutions. I don't know if you've experienced that during uh, your PhD or at work. Sometimes our motivation fades when it's hard, when it's difficult, or when we are getting close to finding the solution. But there's this kind of time of uneasiness, and that's what we need to get through. Absolutely. And yes, definitely, I can relate to that. <laughs> Losing motivation when, you know, the experiment doesn't work or, or, yes. or something of that, of, of that uh, kind. Um, now, really interesting. Um, now, we talked about how do we get, uh, gain back our motivation. I'm sure lots of researchers would like to also know how do we maintain and yes. keep focused and motivated? How do we do that? Absolutely. Um, so uh, we talked in uh, some of the solutions in the previous podcast around increasing productivity was around planning skills. So that, of course, will have an impact on maintaining our motivation by ensuring that we have defined times to get the work done. So you can have a high level plan for milestones and large tasks, and this can be complemented by maybe something a bit more detailed as a kind of weekly and daily basis. It's also really good practice to take time to review what you've accomplished at the end of each day. That kind of like reflection time is so important. It helps us reinforce a feeling of achievement and even contentment. Um, and it acts as a reward in a way. So when I talk about the monkey, we're feeding the monkey a reward by saying this actually was good. We enjoyed what we did and we felt that we actually achieved some of our goals. So it's a precious time that can also include a few minutes of reflection of what went well and what maybe you could have done differently. So that goes back to that growth mindset of learning as you're doing. You know, you're learning and you're delivering and working on your projects and goals, but you're also learning and building this new uh, time management problem, solving skills, creativity skills, and that's something you're capturing. So as long as you defer judgment and try to be neutral in your appraisal, you should really congratulate yourself in your hard work and this can boost your motivation to the next level so there's an element of reward of understanding the achievements made a bit like you know when you've got your computer and you're rebooting or you're downloading a software and it tells you x percent complete you know there's a feeling of satisfaction that you've already done part of the work or maybe main part of the work Yes, absolutely. I think reward is a really important bit in, in, in kind of any, any job you do, research or anything, any, anything beyond research, really. Um, and, you know, if you kind of 
done something, you're happy with what you've done, then it's kind of tap on the shoulder, well done to me, and I can move on to the next task. It just becomes immediately, you know, the motivation is there, becomes easier because you've done one bit, then it's easier to go to the next level. Um, So it's quite important to kind of keep that in mind as well. And just to reward yourself, whatever that is, it can be a drink with a friend or a yoga or a running in a park, doesn't really matter what activity comes after, but having a reward is always kind of useful as keeping the motivation up as well. Now, we talked about motivation and focus. Obviously, we live in a really unusual times, I guess I would call it this. Um, so what about the impact on homeworking and, and, and how can we keep our motivation high when we are you know, sitting in our offices at home or, or bedrooms and, and so on with no contacting our friends and colleagues in a way that we did, uh, I don't know, six months ago or 12 months ago? Yes, absolutely. A great and very topical question, Sonia. So I think we're all working out as we speak. Uh, it's kind of like work in progress, and I'm sure lots of research will be uh, released <laughs> you know, in the next uh, six months or a year to see what was the learning. But I think having a dedicated space for working and trying to reduce clutter and reducing noises or interruptions are going to be definitely important factors for you to be able to keep your motivation and concentration going. So I think the challenge at times is to have the capacity to switch off, to actually stop working. So I don't know if you uh, you know, felt that, but sometimes you are so focused at home because you have fewer distractions potentially in certain, uh, for, for certain people. For other people, it's different if you have you know, childcare or, or other uh, duties. Um, but actually, at times, we can feel overwhelmed with the amount of work related to our research. And this can be very difficult to take the breaks we need. So we can also feel isolated if we have been working from home for a while with fewer interactions with our team members, our peers and research sponsors or partners. So two things can happen. We either lose our motivation or we get obsessed with work and getting things done. It's like these two opposites that our monkey mind is, is, is supporting. And in the long run, both habits can be quite damaging to our research and our health. So can we keep our motivation high at all times? I don't really think so, but we can try to increase our awareness and identify the patterns of behaviors which can then enable or limit our time management and in turn our research impact. So on the lighter note, I remember one of my colleagues sharing his tip to stay motivated when homeworking. He admitted that he would ensure to dress for work with a suit every day, even when he was not meeting anyone. And that was, you know, when he was working from his home office. And that was long before video conferencing. So in this way, he felt that he was motivated and he was kind of like stepping into his role and acting into his role. So that's just a very kind of like practical way to step in and having high motivation for your work. That, that's a really actually good tip. So just dress up and kind of treat it, go to the place of work, wherever yeah. that is, a kitchen or so, uh, or a bedroom, but still it's it's kind of go, going to work in, in a way, in a sense. Um, so it seems that kind of emotions and feelings play a part in our uh, motivation levels and productivity as well. How can we work on our negative emotions, which I think now particularly there are many more of those negative ones that are coming up after being, you know, six months or whatever, three, four months now already at home. And it might be for a bit longer as well. Yes. And again, going back to this monkey mind of ours, it's like, well, our normal is not normal anymore. I want it back. I want whatever I had. So uh, we often talk, I've I've heard, I don't know if you've experienced that, but, you know, researchers feeling sometimes overwhelmed or anxious 
and uh, there are fears about the uncertainty and sometimes there are also doubts that attach to some of the activities or work we have to do whether we can do it or, or, or how we can do it, especially when we have restrictions on how we can reach the lab or, mm -hmm. or colleagues or, you know, uh, some of our partners. So that is part of being human. It's something we all have to work around. So we need to find ways with this, how to work with these emotions and feelings. And the first method is to remember that it will pass and acknowledge mm -hmm. the emotion or feeling in uh, and see what the likely cause of it is. So again, it goes back to the diagnostic phase. You have to understand the root of the issue rather than the symptom. So the emotion might be a symptom. Is it a real emotion? Is it going to be transient? And what is actually creating this? So anxiety could be that you have not had feedback from your supervisor or from your PI. So how can you deal with this? And that would reduce the anxiety and help you getting started because you were waiting for that feedback. Um, the other thing you could look at as well is having, again, we talked about it a little bit in the podcast uh, around solutions regular breaks, healthy eating, regular communication, a support structure that can help you regain perspective and reduce the impact of these negative feelings and emotions. So for some of us, it may be yoga. I think you mentioned as well, walking, or one of us mentioned walking. Um, I know that meditation or you know mindfulness classes and support uh, groups can also be very helpful to help us feel a bit calmer. For others, it can be art or music or anything else. The, the aim really is to quieten our minds and really focus on the present and what we can influence um, rather than worrying about future elements or things that are outside our control. So it's really critical to keep our motivation high, focusing on what we can influence and control. I mean, really, that's the key message here. Mm -hmm. and, and in terms of now, so in addition to negative emotions, how do we, do you have any kind of um, advice perhaps or idea of how do we manage motivation when we feel tired or, or even, you know, exhausted? It's again, it's a part of sort of everyday life, I guess. You, you yeah. just, after working, you know, intensively, you will feel exhausted and you, you know, uh, you need maybe something to kind of keep you motivated still. Any thoughts on, on or ideas on suggestions? How do we do that? Yes. And it's a really good question because, you know, as we change, uh, I don't know if you travel, for instance, and you have changed your routine, it's more tiring. So that's the typical thing. We've had to adapt our routine, our rituals and the way we work. So that's already quite tiring for us. So it's a real challenge for many of us, especially when you have a deadline for writing a paper, applying for a grant or preparing for a conference. When you have this really, you know, goals that you cannot change the deadline, that they're the kind of like the, the hard, you know, uh, deadlines. I would like to talk about the concept of mental load. Um, so that includes all the tasks and all the things that we have in our mind that are holding up a lot of space and energy, and especially coming up when you're working on a related task. And that's impacting your motivation and your focus. So we all do this to a certain extent, but when the list is very long and you feel that it's a, a weight on you, it can really impact your motivation and focus. So you may want to reprioritize that list, use a to-do list, share the burden and delegate if you can. Um, and this will free some brain power and energy. We also, in a way, mentioned, I think, in the initial postcast about diagnostic phase around cognitive workload. And that's relating to the type of activities we do, the level of complexity and our experience or ability to complete them. So depending on our preferences, energy levels, we tend to get highly motivated by a certain type of activity requiring a certain type of brain power. 
And for some of us, the more complex, the better. And for others, we prefer simplicity of, or speed of execution. And that will vary depending on your level of tiredness Mm-hmm. and how exhausted you are so be kind to yourself and adapt you know your plan and your schedule in view of that you know feeling of tiredness and exhaustion just be aware of it yeah i like that be kind to yourself i think that's a key thing that we need to remember whatever is going yes. on in our life yes and is this uh, related to reaching kind of uh, as you call the state of flow Yes, I wanted to uh, share a little bit about that. Um, So I'm just going to touch a little bit on this and you can do a bit of further investigation if you're interested. But that state of flow, some of you may have heard about it, is when we are performing highly and we're very focused and research suggests that uh, the tasks need to have the right level of difficulty in relation to our current abilities. So tasks that are significantly below your abilities are boring and then tasks that are significantly beyond our abilities are discouraging. So the flow can be referred to your peak motivation in a way. Um, And you may have experienced it, especially when you really engage in a task, highly focused, and you reach great results. And you kind of blank everything else in your world. You know, this is kind of like you go into your zone and it's actually quite amazing. Um, So I think this is really quite important. And maybe instead of like being so worried about you know, losing our motivation, maybe what we need to focus on is how do we reach that state of flow more often? That's great. Thank you. Really interesting. Um, Very quick question before we kind of uh, go, because I think uh, this is kind of, we are almost at the end of our uh, last podcast. Uh, We have not mentioned, we didn't discuss anything about procrastination. How do you think it's linked with motivation? So, yes, really good. Procrastination is a big, big topic. So I was recently uh, reading a research paper on this topic. And um, if you look at the definition of procrastination, it really refers to the delay of activities that need to be done, despite the fact that this delay may have negative consequences. So it's quite interesting, isn't it? Our brain knows that, our mind knows that, but despite the negative consequences, we're still delaying uh, working on the tasks. So, for instance, delaying writing a report or an essay uh, is, you know, procrastination and it affects many of us and often it's linked to getting started uh, or taking that first step. But recent studies show that our ability to manage our emotions can reduce the tendency of procrastination. So it goes back to that monkey mind and those thoughts and feelings. It seems that we can't move forward and get the job done because we're submerged by negative or adverse emotions related to that task or activity. So this goes back to our first podcast on a diagnostic phase. What are the roots uh, or the cause of the problems you're facing? And is procrastination a sign of poor motivation, a lack of confidence, or just we just discussed negative emotions and how we can handle them? So one solution is to develop emotional regulation, which starts with being aware of your emotions, labeling them, getting support and broader aspects of resilience which I think is another topic altogether. But these are interesting elements, you know, really understanding what it is and how managing our emotions can help us increase our motivation and reduce any risk of procrastination. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing your insights and your experiences with us. Thank you so much, Sonia. It was a pleasure.